The world doesn't need another D&D podcast, but you do. Welcome to Durgans and Dargans. I'm your dungeon master, Ben. Joining me today is Aaron. Hi, I'm Aaron. I'm uh, playing Darren Buccaneer, the Minotaur Sorcerer. Also joining me today is Charles. I'm Charles. I'm playing Runal Surname, the Human Wizard. And also joining me today is Matt. Hi, my name is Matt, and I'll be playing Jet, the Gnome Fighter. We have had enough material at this point that I think we ought to have a little bit of a recap of what's happened so far. So can I get a volunteer to explain to our listeners, who might just be joining us now, or who maybe took a break between the last episode and now, what's going on? I can do that. All right, go ahead. As of right now, we have been sent to prison in the beginning. Uh, We were sent to prison under the false pretenses that we were joined a resistance against this heinous Huddley family that we've been fighting. Um, in prison, we met up with a member of the resistance, and with the promise of helping us escape, we've joined up with the resistance. After escaping prison and narrowly avoiding a ancient red dragon, which turned out to be just an illusion by the resistance to aid us in our escape, uh, we've joined up with the resistance in causing small irritations to the Hadalei family and spreading rumors about the resistance to try and gain the hope of the people under the Hadalei family to join up with us. Uh, and as of right now, that's it. Besides little vandalism and spreading rumors, we haven't done much. Just to tie it all together a little bit more, uh, you have been spreading the specific rumor that Malgamir is the leader of the Resistance and is the hope of all the people in Halting Stream City. This happens to be true, but you're letting that information out so that Malgamir can be captured and then, theoretically, publicly executed in order to give the Resistance a shot at eliminating the Hautelet family who will be there to watch the execution. But that's pretty much it. Three weeks have passed since your induction into the Freedom Brigade. The plan has gone beautifully. The fiery graffiti that you slathered all over City Hall caused an incredible stir. The city is alive with talk of Malgamir. You can hear his name in whispers as you traverse the city in your disguises. You have gone on several more missions of mischief, you robbed a taxman and beat his guard senseless, shouting, For Malgamir! You set off a stink bomb in the barracks of the Hautelet family guard while the Praetors were occupied with the diversion. The time is approaching for the plan to reach its climactic end. Tonight is the night that Malgamir is out with a small, desperate crew, with the aim of getting captured and scheduled for execution. You each prepare for the final battle in your own way. Runel, after years of academia and late-night studying, you are not one for sleep. You sit in a corner of the hideout with a bright candle and the magical tomes of Malgamir's family, as promised, poring over old spells and incantations. The firelight flickers over your intent face, and an observer could almost see the knowledge stream from the pages into your eager mind. Darren, you kneel quietly in another corner, and while there is no candle by you, you are surrounded in a haze of soft white light as you meditate and devote your thoughts to Lathandar in preparation for the struggle against darkness. Jet, you are long accustomed to big fights and hard days. You fall asleep easily, unbothered by the coming struggle. But your sleep is not wholly peaceful. Seemingly moments after you drift off, your eyes snap open and you find yourself in an unfamiliar place. As a side note, Jet, how much of how much of the next scene do you want the others to hear? Because I can go to a private channel with you, or we can do this just in general. I'll say that um, we can just go through it here, and then I'll uh, 
they'll hear it, and then we'll go. We'll, I'll recount it uh, to the other characters after, and whatever that jets that re jet recounts, that's technically what the what the other characters know. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And if you want to just say, "Oh, yeah, I tell them about this experience that I had," we can just skip that part, and we'll assume that they know everything. Uh, but I'll leave that up to you. Yeah, Jet will communicate some of it, but maybe not all of it. It depends on what happens. Okay, that's fair. All right. Your feet are on solid mountain rock, but you are surrounded by beautiful white clouds and the cold air of the thin atmosphere blows across your face. In front of you is a tall stone monolith covered in strange runes that seem to shimmer with power. As you take this in, a massive rumbling footstep sounds, and then another, and then another, and a massive head appears behind the monolith from among the clouds. You are a small being, and this is one of the largest you have ever seen. The face is smooth but ancient, with eyes that pierce like flints of diamond. This is a cloud giant. Hello, Jet, Mil Hathranar. I am Warhoth, your ancient father of old. It is time for us to speak. What the heck? What is going on here? A jet attempts to try and bow a little bit, which he doesn't really like doing, so there's like a wince on his face, but he, he, he hat, like barely attempts a bow. The, uh, the ancient cloud giant nods back at you with a regal expression on his face. I assume you have questions, he says. In short, many, many thousands of years ago, I am your ancestor. What? I imagine that's a bit surprising, but it is the truth nonetheless. I'm, I'm like the size of your thumb, dude, what? Ooh, I, you know what, I'm not, asking those kind of questions but i <laughs> let's figure that let's what that let's figure this out what so many thousands of years have passed people change over time but somewhere deep within you flows the blood of the cloud giants and because of this in this hour of need you are being gifted with some of your heritage. Gifted? Yes, gifted. Do you see this monolith and the runes that are carved on it? Pretty good craftsmanship there. They are runes of power, crafted by the cloud giants in time immemorial. You may choose two of them, and they will be your gift to aid you in your coming struggle. The world is changing, and you will need them. For all of his rough exterior, um, Jet kind of like so is starts to soften up up a bit after being not treated the great by others or really ever having a home. It something the shell is cracking a little bit, and he's just kind of looking at this tower, it, this monolith, and a kind of in awe and vulnerability he doesn't usually show. What kind of runes can he see uh he can see i didn't look up all of the runes uh he can see all of the runes that a runic knight can potentially have at level three i'm sorry what just describe so, what they what uh descriptive aesthetics oh 
Are they are they not in the book? Like, do you have? Oh, to, I know what the they? runes are. I just I was just asking you for flavor. <laughs> oh no, yeah, I don't have the flavor. I'm gonna need you to provide that. How about you <laughs> go over and describe the two runes that you told me that you want to have, and then uh, you just say, I go and choose the rune that looks like this, and I go and choose the rune that looks like this, and then it was the cloud rune and the fire rune, right? Yes. I'll let me. You know, I'll like give my best kind of description description of what you could put. You could put in the something that sounds nice. Okay. Jet sees four runes of four distinct colors that go on each side of the monolith. One of them looks like it's hewn of stone and is solid and rigid. And is a bright white color. There's one that looks looks with a bright blue with a chill to the touch. But there are two, the other two stand out to him the most. One is a, is a rune that almost appears like fire, like the writing itself was almost a symbol of fire. That's it, that calls out to him. It seems to be hewn of out of metal. And that's the other one seems to have the as this at, airiness about it. Even though it's it's carved in stone, it reminds him of the essence of his ancestor who's standing next to him. And he picks, he picks those two runes and as he lays his hands on them, the knowledge floods in his mind and he is able to remember, that, remember how to write and inscribe the runes onto any object that he wishes. Hmm. Waroth murmurs. You have chosen well, I believe. Now, I will leave you for a time. Sleep. Good luck tomorrow. Jet falls asleep and wakes up in the morning. And you all wake up in the morning, having gotten a, you know, varying amounts of sleep. As you start out with a hearty breakfast, Henry explains one last time. As you know, we allowed Malgamir to be captured last night, and in expected fashion, he is to be executed today, publicly in the city square. They've been preparing all morning, and it's all been set up with a viewing box for the Hotelay family and everything. This is our chance. If you three are up for it, this will be your role. You are going to spearhead the diversion. You are going to make a run for the scaffold and make it look like you are trying to save Malgamir. This will, we believe, draw away enough of the spell swords to clear the way for me and the bulk of the Freedom Brigade to assault the Hotelay family box and, I know it sounds grisly, yes. but we intend to kill them all. Are you with me? Okay. So, we're the distraction. Make a big show, act like we're going to save the guy, and just keep them occupied until business is done. Yes, that's exactly it. All right. If we're ready... It feels rather treacherous, but all right. Treachery begets treachery, my friend. Hopefully, this will be the end of it. Well, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm... I don't always think ahead, but, like, after we... The diversion is happening, and you guys are doing your thing, what, what's our escape plan? What do we... Once you do, once you, uh, wait a minute. 
Wait, back up, back up. Your goal is to take out the Hodolais in their family box? All of them. How many would that be? However many of them show up. They tend to keep their children far away, and there aren't any that are too young, so I'm not worried about anything untoward in that regard. But Alistair Hotelay will be there and his entire family, and we hope to kill all of those in positions of power. All right. So once they're once they're out, we have something to help us get out of there, or is that our that our job to figure out? After that, it's victory. We will be the rulers. And we will have to begin setting up a new government. We're seriously considering an elected council. We're talking about that. This will basically be the end of all the families, though. With the death of Malkinir. And the death of the Hotelays, wouldn't that mean that all the old families are gone? Some of them have been driven away. And, hopefully, hearing of the death of the Hotelays, they will return. But, honestly, if we're electing a council anyway, I mean, they can have their old money back if they can find it, but... We'll set up a new government. Well, I'm all for chaos, but I'm just letting you know, it's gonna be chaos. We did kind of picture that. Once the Hotelays have been defeated and the spell swords have all been dispatched, we will calm the crowd, let them know that they are free, and hopefully the chaos will be one of revelry and not panic. Didn't we say that like, or just one of those spell swords could like, take us, take a couple of us out? Uh, no. It took six of them a long, hard time to subdue the three of you. So between all of us, I think we can kill twelve of them. Oh, sorry, I was... not the bright one here. <laughs> Don't worry. I won't think less of you for it. Alright, so what's our, what's our distraction plan? The distraction is you will be hidden in the crowd, and then when the signal goes up, which will be a magical flare, you will begin the attack by rushing towards the executioner's block, forcing your way through the crowd, killing any Hotelay family guards that stand in your way, and then turning around to battle whatever spell swords come after you. Thank you for reading the script. Darren and Runo, what's our distraction plan? I could sing a song. <laughs> I could shake the entire Coliseum or whatever I'm breaking into with Earth Tremor. Is he, is he, are they gonna hang him? Is that how they're gonna, planning to execute Malgamir? Are we to- talking hanging or execution as axe? I do believe it's an execution as axe. There's a large tree stump in the middle of it. So maybe Runo, then you can like, uh, use your magic or whatever to like, announce, announce them that we're there. Maybe you can help me, help me yell. And then Darren, you charge after him. Charge in to stop the executioner, and I'll jump on your back and start punching people in the face. What if I disguised myself as another executioner and tried to convince the executioner that he got the schedule wrong and he wasn't supposed to work today? I'd be impressed if that would work. <laughs> Sounds disastrous, but I'd be impressed if it worked. So would I. Uh, Henry goes, Ah, you know, that... Yeah. I mean, delaying the execution by a minute or two would be, uh, you know, help us get into position. As long as you're willing to put yourself at risk like that. I, I think it'd be exciting, to be honest. I also, uh, in, in studying the, the tomes of Malgamir, I've learned a new spell that I quite would like to try out. Um, it's called Warding Wind. 
arm, where a strong wind would blow all around me. It would deafen everyone in the area, and it would hedge out、uh, any vapor, gases, and fog, and it would give disadvantage any ranged weapon attacks upon us. I think that could be a significant upset of their plans if we were to have a wild tornado on the stage. That would make it a, a better distraction and harder for them to kill us. Well, are.、Uh, that's what I. That's what I'm thinking too. Yes, I think that's a brilliant idea. So if I position myself as the new executioner on the gallows and then cast this warding wind. I think that would really mess them up. What do you think? I say give it a go. If、uh, and if、uh, you know, if something happens and they're gonna,、um, I got. I think I got some、uh, stuff off my hidden up my sleeve, and I show a little、um, a little leather glove that I have that's got a, that's got has some rune writing on it. I say I got something on my sleeve. I am prepared if everyone else is. Excellent. So, just fantasy readers' digest version of the plan. Can we go through it step by step, just in case one of us wasn't listening to the other two?、Mm. Um, so, you will start out concealed in the crowd near the execution stage. Do you, either of you, have like something that can make my voice louder? You magic people? Ah,、uh, no. I can make all the torches in the place dance, but I can't make you louder. I could teach you a trick where I put my hands real close to my mouth and sort of like a cupping shape around it, and that seems quite effective. You're right. That is kind of like magic. It's a secret wizard trick. Whoa! I got. I got. I can use my own magic. Let's go. You've got it, buddy. All right. Skipping forward. You three have been disguised and have made your way near the front of the crowd for this execution day. Malgamir is not yet on the executioner's block, but there is an executioner up there sharpening his axe, wearing his black hood. The Hotelays are there, dressed in their gaudy finery, green and gold and red. The crowd is restless. You hear many, many murmurs. You hear the word Malgamir over and over again. You even hear, occasionally, the word Brigade. But you're not quite sure what the crowd will do when the time comes. Trumpets sound, and the most gaudy-looking man you have ever seen arrives in the Hotelay family box. You assume this is Alastair Hotelay, the chief of the evil Hotelay clan. The crowd goes silent. And he claps his hands imperiously. A murmur rushes through the crowd, as from the edge of City Hall comes two Hotelay guards, leading a bound and shackled Malgamir. He looks like he has been beaten savagely, but he still has a smile on his face as he walks toward his potential death. As Malgamir is being led down the aisle towards his execution. A trumpeter, with a loud nasally voice, starts reading out his crimes from the Hotelay family box. Malgamir, you have been charged with treason, inciting treason, 
rebelling, inciting rebellion, stealing lawfully levied taxes, rioting, inciting riots, and defacing public property. For these, you are sentenced to death. And the Hodelay family box starts clapping. There are some scattered claps from the audience, but not a lot. Ben, can you add inciting and incitement? (laughs) (laughs) Inciting incitement. (laughs) I don't think I'll go quite that far, but I like that. Um, Anyway, the murmur grows. Whispers start as Malgamir is brought up to the executioner's block. What do you guys do? Brunel, are you... I think this might be the time. Yes, I... I cast Disguise Self on myself to look exactly like the Executioner. Alright. I also cast Mage Armor on myself, just in case. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Exactly like the Executioner? Just another. <laughs> okay, I was going to be like, you're going to show up I mean, and like, what? oh, by All the way, right. I'm your twin. <laughs> but Executioner, I <laughs> well, am you. I assumed you. he had... They, they usually don't show their oh, faces, no. right? Ben, I assumed he had some kind of facial yeah, covering. Yeah, exactly. You can't see anything. That's that's true. Yeah, so I look I look like the other guy. That's right, Peter. I you I'm you, you're me, and this is an X. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, so you cast this and then And then I'm gonna head up to the stage or to well, I keep saying stage. Uh the block. to the gallows. I mean it's basically a platform. stage. It's what a platform, are, what, yeah. Stage is stage yeah, is not yeah, a bad a, word for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's just maybe not the right context for a <laughs> uh, happy performance. Is usually what I think of. Um, so I go up and I'm gonna cast charm person on him. Okay, and he makes okay. a wisdom. So first, as you approach the stage, he cocks his head to the side, and you hear him go. Hmm? And then you cast Charm Person, and he makes a Wisdom saving throw. Correct. DC 13. Well, he only rolled a 12. That ain't gonna cut it, buddy. So, he is now charmed. How does this play out? Hey, what are you doing up here? I was supposed to do this execution, not you. Uh... That's potentially true. Uh... I'm going to be honest, I thought I was on the schedule today. Oh, no, no, they changed it. Oh, I'm always messing up. Why else would I be wearing this yelling at you? Think about it, friend. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, but, like, you're late. I mean, like, I was here and everything, and you sure you just don't want me to do it? I could use a new pair of boots. No, 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 you took my hood. I was supposed to wear that one. I had to borrow this one from... Jeremy, and you know Jeremy, I think. Uh, you know, I uh, I thought this one smelled kind of funny. You've been eating fish again? Always, you know uh, me. But listen, gross. friend, take take the rest of the day off. I've got this. Uh, you go home, or, or just enjoy the show. It's going to be a good one, as you know. Well, you know, I'm not so... Well, uh, not supposed to take the mask off, but like, yeah, okay, you know, okay, you can have this one, but like, we gotta talk to Derek about the schedule because this is like the. Th- oh, Derek knows. Derek knows. Uh, he's. We've been telling him for months. Derek needs to go. To be honest. Ah, uh, all right. Okay. Uh, roll perception for me, Runel. Oof. 
Uh, that is a nine. Okay. Uh, you notice that the Hodelay family box is starting to get restless, like they're confused what's going on. Um, and you notice some vague movement throughout the crowd. Listen, you know the bosses don't like it when we dawdle. You need to go. I'm taking over. Just trust me on this. We'll talk to Derek okay, about it Okay, okay, I'll go. I'll go. You don't have... You Use my axe, since, like, we're all confused today. You forgot your axe, clearly. But, like, you know, sharpen it after you're done. Okay. Of course, and of course. And then he just kind of, like... Hands you the axe and walks off. The the crowd is now like actively starting to gossip about this. There's like like people are confused. Everyone's confused at this point. So everything's in place. What do you do, Rudel? Can I see still Jet and Darren? Yeah. I look to them just to to get confirmation. Are we a go? I nod. I yeah, I nod back. I'm, yeah, I'm just shrugging and I mouth go with it. So I'm gonna just, with two hands, raise the the axe over my head, and I'm gonna shout, "Death to the Hotelays! Long live Malgamir!" And I throw it down. And as I throw it down, I cast Warding Wind. At this point, at this point, Henry gives his signal, and there is a bang from the far side of the crowd, and a magical red flare arcs skyward, and you hear the cry for Malgamir! from a thousand voices, and so the fight begins. The crowd goes nuts. People are jostling and yelling. People are looking every which way. There is a large group, maybe 400 people are rushing towards the Hotelay family box. And you see, visible on their arms, there is the symbol of the Freedom Brigade, a red band with a golden F on it. They are heading towards the Hotelay family box. There are four spell swords that are heading towards you guys that you can see. And, but at the same time, you don't see all of the spell swords in the Hotelay family box. There's only six there. There's four heading towards you and the stage. And then there are two that you do not know where they are. There are also a good number of regular Hotelay family guards heading towards you with swords drawn. What do you do? Um, quick point, Darren and Jet, if you do want to come up on stage with me, uh, because I'm an evocate in the school of evocation, um, I can cast Warding Wind and I can choose two people that it does not affect. Like within a certain area? Just in general, I, I can, it, it's called spell sculpting. Oh, nice. um, so when I cast evocation spells, I can choose one plus the level of the spell number of people that the spell just doesn't affect. Nice. That's spectacular. Yeah, so you so if you guys do come up to the sage, you would be unaffected by the effects oh, of this Oh, yeah, wind. so my plan was uh, in, in using an action and bonus action and one swift motion, throwing off my disguise and picking up Jet and throwing him on my shoulders and darting up the stage to uh, join Runel at his side. I accept. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. You guys are now on the stage with this warding wind blasting out from you in all directions. The spell swords are heading towards you, the guards are heading towards you, and the battle has begun. Spells start 
flying, and as they do, the crowd scatters. But not too far. They scatter out of the way of the spells, but around the edges of the um, the town, the city square. Around the edges of the city square. You are now being assaulted by the guards and the spell swords. Please, everybody, roll initiative. Brutal got a 19. Very nice. That's a 17. Okay. Was that a good um, hat or a bad <laughs> So, So Jed is on, on Darren's shoulder, and he's just going, Yeah, yeah, chaos! And he's, like, shouting stuff like, Yeah, Bob, come here, yeah, go, go, go! He's so focused on that because he, he got a natural one for a total of two. Oh, man. Okay, the funny thing about this is that the guards also got a level one. So the the spell swords, Darren, did you, what, uh, Darren and Runel, you rolled a 19 and a 17, was it? Uh, inverse that. Yes, I rolled a 19. Runel and okay. Darren rolled a 19 and a 17, respectively. Okay, so it's gonna go Runel, Darren, the spell swords, Jet, the guards. Okay. So at this point- And how many spell swords are there? There are four that you can see heading towards you. And how many guards? It's about ten. All right. Well, and how are they positioned? Uh, so the four spell swords that you can see are heading towards you from the Hardalay family box. They are about a hundred yards out, so three hundred feet from you, and they are heading towards you in a loose group. Uh, they're about, you know. They, they know uh, casters. They're about 10 feet away from each other heading towards you in a loose line. The guards are heading towards you from seemingly every direction. They're coming from the edges of the crowd towards the center. Is the stage like t- like steps up to it or is it like uh, kind of just a, a, a slightly higher platform? There are there are steps up to the stage. There's like four steps up to the stage. Uh, like all around or in specific spots? Uh, just on the one side. Oh, then I'd like to take a, um, uh, actually, no, it's Runel's turn first, but, uh, I have a plan for my first turn. Okay, Runel. Go yeah, ahead. So, well, Runel, um, because the, uh, wind is a, can we see what weapons they have? Uh, the spell swords all have swords. And you can see uh, various magics in their left hand. Two of them seem like they have fire bolts brewing, and two of them seem like their hands are very frosty. Uh, the guards. So the spell swords have spells and swords. You know what? You've solved my spell sword puzzle. It's over. <laughs> their power is useless now. <laughs> you figured it out. Just curious, Ben. How how long did it take you to come up with that? I'm gonna be honest. I stole it. I didn't even come up with that myself. It was too much for me. Man, you couldn't you couldn't come up with like a I don't know a knife gun. <laughs> I I was gonna call them a spell spear, but it was too alliterative. Yeah, yeah. If we do ever fight a knife gun, I do want advantage for having come up. With I mean, it in the first we could place. be going up against a, a gun sword later, so. And it could be, yeah, because that's the thing. Like a knife gun is a gun that shoots knives, whereas a gun. No, no, no. A knife gun is a is a person oh. <laughs> who has both <laughs> a, a knife, knife and, yeah, a gun. and a gun. So that's that's <laughs> so, so true. A, are his a knife hands gun. knives and his face a gun? No, he's just a regular guy. <laughs> 
He just has a knife and a gun. They call him the knife. Oh, gun. I see. I see. He's a, and one hand has a knife, <laughs> and one hand has a gun. And there's this other guy with like two extra arms, but he just has two more knives. So he's <laughs> knife, 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 gun. <laughs> My nunchuck has a sword on it, and also a gun. <laughs> Because Warding Wind is a uh, concentration spell, um, I am going to... What, what's it called where you defer your action? No, no, concentration doesn't like lose, make you lose your action. It just means if No, no, but I can't cast a spell without breaking it, correct? No, you can't cast another concentration spell. Oh. Oh. Neat. So you can... I did not I misunderstood that then. Yeah. Okay, so that's you, great. So you can only have one concentration spell active at a time, and if people, if someone, if you get hit with an attack, or if you take damage at all, then you're going to have to make a constitution saving throw to see if you can maintain the concentration. It's good that we have someone who's played a caster before amongst us. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely helpful. For sure. Because <laughs> I thought I could only, as soon as I cast a different spell, I would lose my concentration. Okay, well, that's great. Runel's going to cast Scorching Ray at three of the uh, uh, sword spear, sword spell. What are spell they? swords. Spell or the sword. Praetors spell is their swords. official title. Yeah, so I'm, uh, Runel's gonna cast, uh, three rays of fire, and... Three? You can cast three at once? Yeah, so Scorching Ray is the spell. Oh, yeah, So, yeah, three rays of fire are gonna come out of Runel's wand, uh, and he's gonna hurl one at each one. Does a 16 hit their armor class? A 16 does hit their armor class. All right. Well, number one is going to take seven points of fire damage. Okay. Number two is going to take seven points of fire damage. And number three is going to take... 12 points of fire damage. Well now, Very nice. well now, well now. Okay, so we've got... Get these here. It was kind of frustrating. I rolled a 1 and a 6. A 1 and a 6. And now a 6 mm. and a 6. So it was... Nice. A fun little adventure for me watching the cube. And bounce. suddenly, behind the scenes, <laughs> all the spell swords' health was double because he didn't realize how strong we were as someone. <laughs> uh, no, not quite doubled. Ah, oh, trash. <laughs> <laughs> not quite doubled. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. At this point, Darren, it is your turn. All right. Um, are any of them at the steps of the uh, stage yet? Uh, no. They are. They are still like 150 feet away. Well, I am going to be careful and not use any of my spell slots yet. And so I'm going to cast, um, so they're all coming at us from, the spell swords are all coming at us from the steps or from the back? From the steps side. From the steps side, okay. So I'm going to hurl a firebolt at, um, actually, is it it firebolt? I'm trying to remember if, I think that's my only attack cantrip. Yeah, that's my only attack cantrip. So I'm going to cast firebolt on the closest um, approaching um, spell sword. Okay, so, go ahead. Does a, excuse me, 14 hit. Yes. Okay, 14 hit. So that is a 1d10 
firebolt. And I'll use this guy. I'm gonna re-roll that. That is nine. Nine damage from a firebolt. Alright. Let's get descriptive here for a minute. Brunel, your scorching rays reach out with deadly accuracy and start searing those spell swords. One hits the one in the shoulder and he nearly drops his sword. Another hits one straight in the gut and he stumbles for a minute before he begins his rush onward again. Another one strikes one right along the side of the face, singeing his ear and leaving a nasty scar. They keep going. Darren, you hit the one that took one to the stomach and you hit him in the knee. He stumbles and almost doesn't get back up again. He starts limping forward. He is not as not as quick anymore. So you've definitely slowed him down. Mm. Good. Now it is the spell sword's turn. Two of them fling firebolts at you, Darren. Mm-hmm. And the other two each fling an icicle spike, which honestly I can't remember what the spell is called. No, sorry. The, the other two, <laughs> other two fling rays of frost, one at you, Runel, and one at you, Jet. Okay, Darren, does a 10 hit your armor class? No. A natural 20 does, though. Yes. Yes, it would. Uh, Jet, does a 14 hit your armor class? Sure does. And Runel, does a 10 hit your armor class? It sure as heck does not. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't remember just how... Oh, because you got the mage armor. I love it. Oh, he got the okay. mage armor. He All remembered right. this time <laughs> that he's a salty boy and he has to cast spells. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Rolling damage, rolling damage, rolling damage, rolling uh, damage. Jet, you get off easy with two damage. So you feel a chill in your bones, but you're able to mostly shrug it off. Darren... That's a total of seven damage for you. I'm so glad I have 24 hit points now. Would have been half my health earlier. Jet, it's your turn. Okay, so they are pretty far away from us. Um, So uh, Jet is going to... um, Jet is going to just... uh, I can fling you off my shoulders. Oh, I'm still on your shoulder, right? I believe so. (laughs) You never got down. You could get down with this turn. I do, but they're, you said they're like, they're still a couple hundred feet away. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so range is pretty much my only option. Um, I will say I'm, go- I'm going to, Darren, put, Darren, put me down. So I, I jump down and I say, all right. And he push, smash his fists together. It's clobbering time. Don't fail me now, giant, giant magic stuff. And he's going to tap into it to his to his energy and tap into his giant's might. <laughs> this two foot abnormally short gnome begins to Ant Man expand into a six foot tall behemoth, and I become large. I uh, I very much appreciate the fact that you just made two Marvel uh, two Marvel references in that in one Between, line. It's clobbering time and. Uh, and the Ant-Man sound, that's good. <laughs> also, wait, you're, you're, wait, how, how tall are you now? Uh, okay, so now I get, so you be, if you are smaller than large, you become large. So for right. D&D's sake, I now control a 10 foot by 10 foot space. Okay. Um, 
I mean, that's somewhere between six to eight, six to ten feet tall or something like that. Okay, we'll call it like um, ten foot tall, since like this, you're not a behemoth if you just went up to like seven inches shorter than your buddy right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. So, so I become big, and there's a couple other things. I mean. I now advantage on strength chest and strength saving throws. I can add extra damage to one of my attacks uh, per turn, and um, this lasts for a minute. Cool. And yeah, no problem. Oh, what? Oh, what happened to my voice? <laughs> I'm now Arnold. Bruno. <laughs> Bruno oh. is just shocked. And then, like, probably for a second, he was like, oh, man, who brought the stink stone here? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and so Rajet is going to pull out his um, longbow, which is now probably too small for him. Or I think maybe my stuff increases with me. I don't know. He's going to attempt to use use his longbow to shoot shoot a... uh, carved table leg which is his arrows at the nearest spell sword so i'm gonna say that it increases the size of your clothing with you it does not increase the size of your stuff so you're kind of like you have this bow that was a long bow for a gnome but you're now kind of holding it in just a couple fingers like you know (laughs) like a giant person holding a tiny bow uh because it's still got a longbow stats. A giant bow would be like a ballista. So you're just kind of holding like the bow with between your thumb and forefinger in one hand and like pulling it back with the other thumb and forefinger. Like, pew! Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll let you make that right. Although, although, Benjamin, according to Ant-Man's, albeit inconsistent, <laughs> canon, the mass is not changed. That's why when he goes tiny, it's like a bullet when he punches somebody. So you could argue that a giant longbow that's been grown would still have this itty-bitty damage of a little crossbow, or a a longbow. So given that Ant-Man's physics... But Ant-Man punches people when he's big, too, and I'm just like, ah, that shouldn't hurt. Exactly. So given that Ant-Man's physics is powered by baloney, I am going to keep my own physics powered by my own particular brand of baloney. Stoltzfus baloney, if you will. Uh, And we will just say it's a tiny bow. Fine, but I'm not happy about it. (laughs) Honestly... Honestly, it doesn't make a difference because uh, I roll. I got a total of eight, so I don't think I know how to use these weapons when I'm a giant thing. That's fair. Well, we'll say that it's a learning curve. So, yeah, you don't hit any of the spell swords with that, but you do notice that given the fact that there is a fierce wind blowing away from you, that your arrow goes a lot faster than you were anticipating it to go. So you kind of wonder if maybe you hit somebody, it would do a little more damage. Who knows? Okay. Well, that was my was my bonus action to use Giant's Might and my action to, to attack, so I'm done. All right. Now it is the guard's turn. Two of them stop surging forward to fire crossbows at you, but they have disadvantage because of the wind. Yeah, they do. I'm going to take a wild stab and say that 
a seven and a two do not hit anybody's armor classes. Not with that mage armor. Nope. Okay. They are still surging forward. The crowd is making way for the guards and very much making way for the spell swords. They are, and the spell swords look like they're advancing quickly, more quickly than your average human being could move. Let's assume that they have a greater walking speed. It is now Runel's turn. All right, so all four spell swords are still coming at us, right? Yes. And about how far away are they? At this point, they are less than 100 feet away. One of them looks probably a little more hurt than the rest, yes. right? One, one of them stumbled, and he's... So he's actually probably still about like 120 feet away. Everyone else is closer. More like more like 70 mm. feet, maybe. 120 feet, you say? No more than that? No more than that. That's great, because Runel's going to cast Firebolt at him. Yeah, 121 and a half feet, actually. Um... No, yeah, 120 feet. We'll say he's within range, so go ahead. Cool, so does a... Oof, 11 hit. It does not. Yeah, then nothing happens. The firebolt hits the dirt next to him in the city square, and nothing happens. All right. Does he seem intimidated by it, though? Nah, he just seems really upset like in general he's not I mean he's not enjoying life right now you know it's a big battle which normally he's prepared for but he just got hit twice already he's he's just kind of put you know out what? I'll, I'll I'll take it I'll take it he's like oh they're, they're coming after me again what did I do and then he just kind of thinks for a minute like oh, I mean I I guess that makes sense I can't expect them not to attack me yeah now he can no longer be an adventurer because he got hit in the knee He's, like, regretting that now he's not going to go out in the wide world and be an adventurer. How how many Skyrim references are we going to make before we give up? Uh, I don't know. Jet ended up in the Cloud District in his dream. (laughs) Well, what am I talking about? (laughs) Anyway, Darren, it's your turn. What are we doing? Oh, right. Sorry. Um... So, the main group of spell swords, they're within 100 feet, you said? Yes. None of us have gotten hurt. We've got to check the range on this one, because I might be able to do something pretty cool. Oh, no. They're not They're not within 30 feet of us, so I can't use that one yet. Right. All right, I'm going to cast, uh, again, at the advancing, like, the, the closest, um, the closest spell sword. Or wait, have any of the city guards gotten within thirty feet? No, they're still they're each about like fifty feet away, but they're they're getting okay. closer. And are the spell swords look like they're holding back a lot? What with um Like it just looks like they're trying to stay at a distance. No, they're they're rushing in. Okay, great. Well then yeah, I'm uh, at the at the closest advancing spell sword, I'm gonna cast another fire blade. Is a 15 hit? A 15 does hit. Alright. And that is a uh, 1d10. Ooh. That's two. Two damage. Alright. Uh you give him a nasty haircut. He's not wearing a helmet or anything like that. You burn like a furrow down the center of his head. He now has a really ugly haircut, and he is not happy about that. He's got the like modest haircut. 
but like charred. You know that part in the Jim Carrey's Grinch who stole Jim Carrey Grinch who stole Christmas, where like he shaves the middle of the mayor's head? Mm-hmm. You just did that to him. I'm the worst and the best at the same time. Cool. Yeah, he does not look fabulous. Moving right along to the spell swords. They are still rushing forward and they are flinging these spells. You suspect that these spells are, if there was, if there was a set of rules for spells, you know, you would almost assume that they were casting spells as a bonus action. <sighs> All right, Runel, I'm gonna assume a 17 hits your armor class. It does. Jet, what does a 15 do to you? 15 points of damage? Uh, no, no, no. Jet, what is a 15 hit for your armor class? Oh, that hits. For sure. Okay. And Darren, I'm assuming a 7 does not hit you. All right. Jet, you got hit twice. Ooh. Four. Five points of cold damage and three points of fire damage. Well, that cancels out to so just be two, right? <laughs> they hit you in separate parts of your body, we'll say. Ooh, oh, I needed some icy hot. <laughs> you feel really relaxed, but you still take damage. Wait, the, the spells didn't cross the streams and counteract each other? Apparently not. I mean, do you want to take it as steam damage? <laughs> oh, That's actually, worse. Uh, yeah, that would make you boil inside. That'd be awful. Yeah, it just sounds unpleasant. Anyway, you take that damage. Runel, you take uh, three fire damage. If I must, if I must... In fact, I insist. Jet, what are we doing? Okay, so they're how far away are the spell swords and how far away are the guards? At this point, yeah. the spell swords, three of the spell swords are like 15 feet away. One is hanging back at about 120 feet just so he can fling spells. The city guards are getting very close. They, they haven't moved yet. They haven't had their turn, but they were like, you know, 50 feet away. They're like two turns away from you guys. Okay, got it. So, um, um, Jet is going to, um, he's going to say to Runel and Darren, you, you protect Malgamir, I'll take him down. And he's going to, Jet is going to rush, uh, the closest spell sword, uh, and, and, and attempt to, uh, punch him with his fists. All right, go ahead. Come on. Oh, what is with these rolls? Okay. Um, Ebbs 11? No. You okay, rush, then. Uh, you rush forward, um, but you stumble stepping down from the platform. It's not super high, but you trip a little bit as you come down and your blow goes wide. But you are now in the thick of the three advancing spell swords. Well, I'm gonna. Well. I don't like that, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna spend my action surge to grapple him instead. Okay. And because I am I am a big boy, I have advantage on my strength check. Okay, here we go. Is that a strength contest then? Yes, so he has to go get hit uh uh I'm sorry, athletics. This is a strength athletics check. Okay, um, go ahead. So he has to make a well he can make an athletics check or acrobatics. To resist. Okay. Alright. He's rolled. With advantage, that's a 23. 
16 does not beat that. Boom, so now I have him grappled. So basically it just means he can't move. That's okay. all it does. All right. You have now grappled the first advancing spell sword. It is now the guard's turn. Uh, they are actually not gonna fire anything more at you, but they have now rushed around the stage. Two of them are about to advance up the steps and the others are like right around the edges of it. They are, they're having a hard time with, with the wind as it, as it advances on them, uh, as it blows against them, but they look like they're about to start climbing up the sides of this execution stage. As you guys look around, you notice that there is a fierce struggle going on. There were many guards surrounding the Hautelet family box, but there are much fewer of them now, but there are also much fewer of the Freedom Brigade fighters. Corpses litter the city square. The screams of the wounded and the dying fill the air. The screams of the crowd echo them back from the edges of the city square. The Hautelet family leaders are huddled together, trying desperately to stay out of the range and out of the line of sight of those slinging stones and arrows at them. Uh, the spell swords are cutting their way through the Freedom Brigade. There are many who have been cut down. But it looks, it looks like the Freedom Brigade is making progress. How far away are uh, the, what's it called? The, the Hotelite family? They're 300 feet away, like 350. Are the spell swords how far away from us are they now? Uh, they are close. They are like 15 feet away. Alright, just as a heads up, as soon as they're within 10 feet of us, they become deafened. Okay, that's oh, good to know. The, the wind. Just because of the warding wind. Just. Right. Okay, that is good to know. Oh, and the area is difficult terrain. Okay, that is good to know. All right, we are back to the top of the order. Runel, what are we doing? Um, so all four of them are about 15 feet One away? One held back, and he's just slinging spells. He's 120 feet away. The the and first is that That's the hurt that's boy? That's the hurt boy. That's the hurt boy. The three yeah. others, two of which have um, been wounded, one of which has been slightly wounded, are about 15 feet away now. Um, but does okay. difficult terrain stack? No. Um, Runel is going to try again with a firebolt at the the guy far away. Okay. Ah, no. I'm assuming an eight does not hit. It does not. Yeah. Alright, cool. Darren, can you roll better than that? I believe I can. Uh, how close are the closest spell swords? Fifteen feet away. Fifteen? Ooh, then 15. I don't even need to cast. I don't even need to use meta magic. Burning hands, here we go. Burning hands, a 15-feet cone. So each each creature in a in the 15-foot cone. Uh, oh wait, the range of self, and so a 15-feet cone in front of me. I'll say you can angle it so you hit two of the spell swords, because one of them is currently being grappled by Jack. Um, the cone must. Uh, uh, so each creature in the 15-foot cone must make a dexterity saving throw. Uh, a creature takes 3d6 fire damage uh, on a failed save. So they have to beat my spell DC with a dexterity okay. throw. Here we go. One rolled a 14. 
Okay. And the other rolled a nat 20. Oh, they both dodge it. My spell save DC is 13. Okay. Uh, do they take half on that, or do they... Um, or half as much damage on a successful one. Okay, so it was 3d6, you said? Yeah. Okay, so um, roll damage, and we'll see what happens. That is 6, 10, 12, so they each take 6 damage. Okay. One of them looks very bad off. You sear him, and you catch him in the face. You blind one of his eyes, and the corner of his mouth is upturned like Two-Face from Batman now. Another of them got very singed on his arm, but he is still pressing forward. And the other of them that had barely been wounded yet, he takes a rush of flame to the side. Oh no, you only got two of them. So not the one that's been grappled. So he's still basically unwounded. The one takes the blow, takes the flame to the face. The other takes the flame to the arm and the side. And they are hurting. At this point, we are down to the spell swords. So... The one that's grappled by Darren is going to try to free himself, and that's going to be, that's what, um, another strength contest? You must make athletics or acrobatics Okay. against uh, my check, which I have advantage. He's a lithe guy, so he's going to make a dexterity or an acrobatics check. I'm assuming a six doesn't get out. Well, let me make my check. That's fair. You could blow this. Okay. Um, so Wait a minute, how do we have the same AC? That would be 11 total? Yes, you keep him grappled, but he is a spell sword and he can cast spells as a bonus action. He casts. Mm -mm. So he's actually gonna, so he's gonna cast Firebolt, which is a ranged attack. So that allows you an attack of opportunity. So you can make a melee attack against him, but he is going to cast Firebolt at you. With disadvantage, right? It's... I see in my... Oh, it's a range... Yeah, because it's a ranged attack. He did roll a 15 for that spell attack. Does that hit? Oh, for sure. Okay. You take five fire damage. Hot hands! Now you get to attack. Um, I'm going to make an unarmed strike, so that's a 19 to hit. Yeah, that hits. That is five five bludgeoning damages. I smack in my head against him. All right, you you smash your enormous head against him, and his eyes go cross-eyed for just a moment, and he takes that damage. All right, I see that Charles is posting. Oh yeah, okay. Opportunity attacks are not triggered by spellcasting. You know what, we'll say that in this unique opportunity, it was triggered by spellcasting while being grappled. Yeah, that's that's the way I'm gonna justify the fact that I clearly didn't know the rules. Uh, so that's that spell sword resolved. Uh, wounded Boy in the back is going to make yet another ranged spell attack at Runel. A nine does not hit your armor class given your awesome mage armor. So his spell nope. goes wide. Actually, given that you have the mage armor and that's the reason it didn't hurt you. His spell... Well, actually, that wouldn't have hurt me anyway. Okay, <laughs> then he definitely just misses you. Yeah, not even that. I was going to have it glance dramatically off your mage armor, but no, 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 he just misses. He's starting to feel a little woozy. There's been a lot of blood loss. <laughs> Idiot. All right. Says the guy who missed his last three attacks. <laughs> the remaining two guys, they start attacking you, Jet. They swing their swords in deadly arcs towards you. 
Does a 14 hit your armor class? That's hit. But a nine does not, yes? Correct. You take seven points of slashing damage. Ah, nothing. We are down to... Jet, it's your turn. Uh, side note, where's everyone's HP right now? I'm feeling all right. If I remember correctly, I've still only been hit uh, the once, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, I was hit that one time, so I'm at, and that was uh, seven damage, so I'm at 17. Okay. I got 14. Nine. Oof. All right. So, Jet, where are we going? So, he, at this, because I have unarmed fighting style, at the start of my turn, I have somebody grappled, so I could just get to deal 1d4 damage to them, bludgeoning. Nice. Woo, that's a four. Bam, and I whack him in the head again. Nice. And now that I've got him, I am, are the other two guy, the other two spell swords, I'm kind of pinned down by them, is that right? Uh, yeah, they are surrounding you right now. Okay. Cool. First, we use a bonus action to use second wind. Um, cause kinda need that right now. Um, to regain, <sighs> rolled a one on my 1d10, so I gain four HP back. Then I would like to, I could try to get away, but they're, they're on top of me at this point. Um, is this guy looking rough that I'm grappling? He's not as rough. He looks like he could still fight. Okay, well we're gonna change that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna attempt to smash his face into, into the ground oh. as a, an arm strike. All right. Come on. Good rolls. Good rolls. Good rolls. I don't understand this. <laughs> I just don't understand. That's a seven. Yeah, that doesn't hit. As I... I Wait, even with it, grappling, it, don't you have advantage? That does, grappling doesn't do that. Oh, okay. Even though that's going to mess up, I'm going to just whisper in his ear, like, you're pathetic, to try and demoralize it. Okay, he's going to make a wisdom saving throw. Yeah, he rolled a poorly. So he's kind of intimidated by that. You pick him up off the ground, and you're going to go slam him into the ground, but he like kind of gets one foot underneath him, uh, preventing him from being slammed completely in some kind of wrestling suplex. But he is, he is definitely a little scared. Uh, this is the closest he's come to being dead in a while. So at this point, it is the guard's turn. They are around the base of the execution platform, uh, which is about right at the edge where things become rough terrain. And they are going to start trying to climb up onto, climb up onto the platform. Like like some guys get down, they try to climb up on their the other buddies' backs and try, trying to give them boosts up onto the stage so they can get at the two of you that are still on the stage. They're gonna make some acrobatics checks. Uh, one of them manages to get up on the stage and three of them fall down. Uh, they, they pop up and the wind intensifies right as they get above the stage and they end up falling backwards, but one of them gets up and he starts working his way slowly towards you guys. He's not able to get to you yet, but he does have his sword drawn and he is coming with murderous intent. You are looking over, and you see again, over where the main battle is raging, there are even more dead on both sides. It looks almost like two of the spell swords have been defeated, but at a high, high cost. There are piles of bodies around. But you do see Henry fighting like a madman, working his way at the bottom of the stairs leading up to the Hodelay family box. He is coming 
for the hot place. Good job, Henry. Uh, is it Malgamir is sitting on the stump. Still I, I forgot up. about Malgamir. We all, <laughs> we all, we all forgot about Malgamir. He's still tied uh, up, isn't he? He is sitting, yeah, still with his hands and feet bound and shackled, sitting on the executioner's stump, and we'll he's say just, that he's just having a good old time. He has. No, not having a good old time. We will say that he is watching the battle intently. There's not an awful lot that he could do. Uh, he's not a great warrior, but he is keeping an eye out for it. And you see him muttering or whispering or something. All right, back to the top of the order. Runel. All right, so we have uh, one bad boy who's approaching us with the sword, right? Yes. Is he the? He's the only one left, or there's another? Oh, one he, left? no, he's. That's one of the city guards. There are all four of the spell swords are still alive. This is the first of the Hodale regular guards who is now surrounding the dais, not the dais, the stage. The dais works. And I like the dais. It's a good. Not nah, dais is a different thing. It's roughly the same thing. Or dais, if I were no. a different DM, which frustrates the heck out of me. Adventure Zone. Anyway. They are surrounding the stage, and they are starting to climb up, and only one has made it up so far. But now the, the regular Hodale guard, not spell swords, are attacking you as well. Okay, okay, I see, I see. Um, but the spell swords, there's two of them on stage with us, and one of them is with... No, they're actually still off the stage, because Jet rushed off the stage to attack them. So they're all in melee range of jet, but not you guys. Okay. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. It's a lot of cool. Um, Brunel is going to... He's going to run up and try and stab this uh, guard that's coming up on stage with the, uh, with the little stabber that he got in episode one. There we go. And let's see how he does with that. All right, he, that is a 22. Was that a 20 plus two, or was that a? It was a 19 plus three. I love it. Yeah, that hits, that very right, much it, that was a, that was a plus, that was a plus one dagger, yes, it was. right? When, when you are fighting someone who is, who can see you. Uh, I can assume that he can see Very me. much so. I mean, I technically am still in disguise, but he can he still see He did charge, but did he charge yelling sneak attack? <laughs> He is deafened, but he is not blinded. Great. Yep, so he is going to take five points of damage. You stick that dagger right in his side. It goes through a chink in his armor. He is wounded now, quite wounded, but he is still standing. Oh, yeah. Runel, you have taken damage. Do me a favor, roll a constitution saving throw. It's an 11. It's, It's a... 10 or above, you maintain concentration, right? Yes. Okay, so you still maintain the winds. They are nice. they are still going strong. All right, Darren, what are you doing? All right, meta magic time. Uh, I'm going to use two of my sorcery points and cast Quicken Spell, which allows me to cast, uh, I believe it's any spell I want, as a as long as it takes one action. Okay. Uh, I can cast any spell I want at any level as a bonus action. Okay. I'm going to cast. Um, absorb elements on myself. Okay. And cast it in uh, to absorb fire. So I will have resistance to any fire damage until my next melee attack. And um, upon my next melee attack, I will deal 1d6 
um, damage, but since I'm casting it at level 2, I will cast 2d6 uh, damage along with my next attack, with whatever my next attack is. Okay. So, uh, what are we doing? Can, can I be that guy? I'm sorry. Be that guy. What? Absorb elements is not a thing you do preemptively. It's do it does when somebody hits you with something. So you like somebody hits you with a with uh, an attack an attack, and then you capture the energy and you get resistance to that damage, and then you empower it. You like use the attack against your at your foe. Can we assume that he's going to get hit with a firebolt pretty soon? It is. It, casting time is one reaction. So that's yeah, true. Sorry. Fair enough. Oh. Well, that's even better Yeah, for you can you, just right? do that. Just do that later. <laughs> I do that. Fair enough. So that means that means that I'll run forward. Uh, how far away are the guards attacking Runel right now? Then? Or a jet? Attacking jet? Yeah. The ones that are all I in love how we're just gonna, I, I love how we're just going to leave the squishy wizard on the stage with a bunch of... Yeah, but he did pretty good with that little stabber. That's fair. No, how far away How how far away are they from the uh, stage? They're like 10 feet away from the stage. Like Jet Jet and those spell swords, aside from the spell sword that's way in the back, they're all 10 feet away from the stage. And then there are guards around the stage right now. You will actually need to fight your way through guards to get off the stage at this point. Well then, but wait. Okay, then no, I have a plan. I run within 10 feet of the edge of the stage. Can I do that? The, the, the stage is only like 10 feet across, so yes. Yeah, so I run... Okay, then. So if we're so if it's 10 feet across and I'm in the middle of the stage, then I'm going to use, instead of a different meta magic, I'm going to use Distance Spell, which allows me to double the range of any spell I have. So okay. as long as it's greater than 10 feet. So I'm going to take Earth Tremor and take it from 10 feet of distance and make it 20 feet. So I'm going to cast Earth Tremor. It's a five-foot diameter portion on uh, the two spell swords that aren't grappled that aren't grappled by jet. So you now that's everywhere. So that's gonna hit everyone. Really? Okay then. Each creature other than you in the ten foot area yeah, must that's everyone. And you know what? I'm still gonna use it. I'm gonna double the range and make it twenty feet. So I'm gonna hit the guards. I'm gonna hit everyone at this range. Same you don't have the spell sculpting. So here's here's what's gonna happen. That is gonna hit Jet it's not going to hit anyone on the stage. It is going to hit everyone on the ground, but it the stage is up there. You might damage the stage. I'm still going to do it. All right, go for it. All right, so uh, so yeah, I cast... I used one sorcery point, so I'm at two sorcery points left because I have three. Um, doubling the range of this spell, so now it's a 20-foot area. Um, and so now, 20 feet around me, Earth Tremor. Um, okay, so Jet, make a dexterity save, and then so does everybody else. Yes. But not Runal. But not Runal. No, you're fine. We're not fine Runel. up on the stage for right now. Actually, uh, the stage is about to shift wildly. Yes. So, Runal, you're not about to take damage, but please make a dexterity save. <laughs> That's an eight for my dex save. Oof. You got hit, man. So one of the spell swords saves, two of the spell swords do not save, none of the guards save. Now is it half damage on? Uh, and actually everyone who got hit is not prone. All right, go ahead. Oof, that is two damage to everything there, but any loose earth um, has now become difficult to write. It's, it's cobblestones, so it's not quite difficult to write. However, you did knock all of the guards 
uh, on the ground and they are slightly wounded, but they're gonna start picking themselves off their feet in a moment. So it is now the... Did you want my deck save? Uh, yeah, I do want your deck save. That's, that's fair, I do want that. I got a 16 and that's why I reminded you to ask. Here we go. Haha. <laughs> you you dance nimbly on the stage and the stage rocks and shifts, but it doesn't go down quite yet. You dance nimbly enough that like a couple people in the crowd are like, "Hmm, is that the guy dancing on the table at the trusty bootlace the other night? That seems familiar." I I wink at them. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the moves. Moves like Jagger. Moves like Jaguar. Jaguar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So at this point, the guards are picking themselves back up off their feet, and they are going to start trying to climb the stage again. Two of them get up to the edge of the stage. There are now three of them on the stage. The one that is already on the stage is going to attack you, Runel, who just stabbed him in the stomach. Fair enough. Does a dirty 20 hit your armor class? Oof. I'll wait. You know what? It it does. Okay, all right, I, I just wanted to ask. Am I within 30 feet of Runel? You, yes, you are. Okay, I'm knocked prone. Would I feasibly see him getting attacked? Because I'm not prone. You would still, I think you would still see him getting attacked. And are you, Runel, you're not doing great, right? I'm not hanging in there. I got still got 14 points. Okay, I could do something to save you, but maybe maybe I'll save. I'll save. Oh, oh, save that. I, I'll be dying soon enough. Don't you worry. You actually might be. Okay. You okay. just took five points of damage. I will take it. Okay. You guys look over, and it looks like the battle is starting to go poorly for the rebellion. There's a lot of dead folks over there with the armband and the golden F. But Henry is still making his way up. He is now in the Hautelet family box and he is fighting with two of the spell swords. It even seems like he's slinging a spell or two of his own. The remaining two spell swords stayed back to guard the family themselves, but Henry is giving it his all. We'll see what happens next. All right, we're back at the top of the order. Runel, what are you doing? So the guard that I stabbed, uh, he's still kicking around, yep. right? Go stab him again. Stabby, stabby. Shank, shank. Actually, you know what? Um, I, I think I broke up. You know, so I, I wasn't doing well with my cantrip rolls. Did pretty well with the stab roll. I'm actually going to see if that luck travels over back to the cantrips again. We're going to cast a fireball. Oh no, he's in range, right? What do, what do we say? What happens now? We're going to say that it does what not provoke an opportunity attack. But I have disadvantage. But you have disadvantage. Alright. Alright, you know what? Then I'm just going to stab him again. So once again, With stabby, little, stabby. Little stabber. A little stabby stab. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It does a five. Five hit. It does not. Little stabber glances mm-hmm. off is plate armor. Not plate armor. What has he got? Scale armor. Let's say scale armor. Little Stabby bounces off his scale armor. Alright, Darren, you are on a stage with three guards on it, surrounded by another seven guards, and four still alive spell swords 
three of whom are looking pretty rough, one of whom is grappled by Jack. All right, I'm, I am doing it. All right, I'm going to use meta magic, and I'm going to use Quicken Spell, and I'm going to cast um, Burning Hands at level two as a bonus action. Okay. Or, uh, how, can I, how many can I hit without hitting Runal? We are looking to hit guards. Yeah, the guards in front of me. You can hit two of the guards without hitting Runal. They are Wait, on the other side like of the stage. Four. There are, there are three guards on the stage right now. And like several climbing up. And one of them is directly in front of Runal. Mm-hmm. And two of them are at the top of the stairs on the other side of the stage, opposite to Runal. Can you do me a favor? And are, are there like any behind him? Any guards behind them? Because I have a 15 foot kill. Uh, there are. Can you go ahead? Don't don't hit Runal, please. I'm not. I have no intention of hitting you. Thank God. Uh, you could, because the other guards are kind of like below the level of the stage. You could only hit two of them. Well, it's like a cone though. So it's, is it um, like a flat cone or like we talking like a 3D shaped cone here? It's a. You you be hitting the edge of the stage. I believe a flat cone is just called a triangle. Uh-huh. Fair enough. If I remember back to my middle school geometry, that is a triangle. Fine. Uh, but yeah, no, so I guess I'll only hit two of them. But so yeah, now they have to make the dexterity saving throw. Okay. Trying to beat a 13. However, a natural two and a natural one both fail. Yes, they do. So then I now take... But one fails worse. Because <laughs> I cast a second level spell, uh, they take 46. Uh, okay. Fire damage. Each. Uh, so that is 6, 11, 12 damage each. Their charred corpses make a thudding sound as they fall to the stage and then fall off the stage into their compatriots. Nice. Who are shocked at the death, the instant death of these two men. However, that was still just a bonus action. Oh. Go ahead. So with my actual action, I cast Fireball and hurl it at that dude who's just been sitting at the back being obnoxious. Okay. Uh, so that is a 20. And a natural one plus five does not hit. No, that does not hit. So we get back to the spell swords. The guy in the back, he hurls an attack at you, Darren, since now you seem to be his enemy. Uh, wait, what does he cast? Uh, ooh. Yeah, he's casting a firebolt, but he misses you because six does not is nowhere near your armor class. Yeah, no. So he's he's starting to pass out from blood loss over here. He's just flinging things wildly at this point. The one that's grappled by Jet wants to try to get out. He rolled a 13 for his dexterity roll. Hmm, let me see if that that beats me. Uh, I have advantage on this, so that's a total of 20. No, he does not get out, but he does cast another firebolt at point blank range at you with disadvantage. Well, one of them was a 19 and the other was a three. So that doesn't hit you. <laughs> so he manages to fling it off and it goes wild towards the crowd and someone has to dodge out of the way. The remaining two have their swords drawn, but before they attack you, Jet, they fling. Hang on, hang on. Um, when Darren had used Earth Tremor, several of them. Yes, they were. Uh, those two were knocked prone, in fact. Actually, so was Matt. 
Yes, actually, yeah, come to think of it, so are you, Matt. Um, so they climb to their feet. I'm assuming that you're still holding the guy. Uh, we'll yeah. just say you fell to the ground with him. Yes. Um, those other two climb to their feet, and one of them flings a firebolt at you, Darren, mm-hmm. and misses with another three. And the other one flings a ray of frost again at Darren. That's an 18. Yes, it does. With reaction cast at level two, I'm going to cast Absorb Elements as a level two spell, using up all of my second level spell slots. Um, But I am now absorbing all frost damage um, till my next melee attack. Okay. Um, See, and you want to do it on fire. uh, That was a plan, but they hit me first with cold. So, um, but now... You make a plan and the DM laughs. Well, the dice say otherwise. Um, but so now I have resistance to all cold attacks. So whatever damage you do, I will take half. And then but, I will add 2d6 to my next melee attack. So that's cool. But you do still take five frost damage. He did 10 damage? Uh, I'm assuming the resistance starts after you get hit. Nope. So you take two damage. Okay. Wouldn't it be three rounding up? Do you round up for damage? I use well... I usually yes. We'll round up. You take three damage. Three yeah. frost damage. Now those two, yeah, those two spell swords that climb to their feet, they now attack you, Jet, with advantage because you are prone. And whether they're within five feet, that is. Yes. Uh, so one of them rolled a fifteen, and then another fifteen. Oh. One of them rolled a three, and then a five. So you take. Six slashing damage. Oof. Where are we at? Not doing so hot. Yeah, let me get an HP count from everybody. Five. Nine. Fourteen. Hmm. Okay. Okay. All right, Jet, what are you doing? Okay, so I'm still prone. Did the guy I'm grappling get up or not? I mean, you, you're grappling him. He fell with you. So I'm assuming if you get up, you just still have him grappled. I see. I still have him grappled. So if he wants to get up, I'm still holding him. Yes. Um. So he got up? He gets up with you, yes. No, I mean, he can get up He can get up without me having to get up. No. Oh, oh. Uh, no, he did not get up. Okay. I'm going to get up. Spend half my, my half my movement to get up. What I want to do is I want to use the man I am holding, swing him around to do a shoving attack against one of them, not to do damage, but to push him, uh, one of them away, fi- five feet away, and then attempt to get away from them. I like this plan. Okay. So a shove is just like a grapple. It's a it's a athletics versus athletics or acrobatics. I'm gonna say you're making this with advantage because you already have him grappled. It's not affecting I'm the guy that I'm grappling. I'm affecting one of the other one of the other oh, two okay. guys. I want to get one of them out of the way so only one of them can try to hit me if I, as I try okay, to escape. Okay, that's fair. And I'm I'm already due with advantage because I have advantage on my short right. tricks. Go ahead. Natural 20. Oh, right. So you shove him, and honestly, you do a point of damage. You just you crack a rib there. <laughs> I'm sorry. A cracked rib is one point of damage? It's just the cartilage, but yeah. I guess one rib. There's a yeah, chip. There's like a, ch- a cracked chip. It's not like a shattered rib. That being said, yeah. Ru- Rudel has nine ribs left. 
<laughs> he started out with 17, which was weird. <laughs> Did you have a but, spare but reading rib reading those books, he just grew all these extra ribs. Mm -hmm. So, so wait, 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 wait. If he had seven extra ribs, um, wouldn't that mean he had, like, a hundred and... hundred and... Thirteen bones in his body now, or is it three hundred and thirteen? Uh, you start off with two hundred six. Two hundred six. So yeah, two hundred six. So, yeah. The funny thing about that, as you've lost those ribs, they all became women. <laughs> mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is weird. Like this is like, oh man, <laughs> where, where did they all come from? Exactly. Yikes. You're gonna have to pick one, man. Wait, but did that mean he had? He had 213 bones originally. <laughs> there's actually somewhere there's a translation of the Bible in which like Solomon just had 500 extra hit points <laughs> <laughs> and just started taking ribs out. He, yeah, that's why he had so many wives. It was he had so many extra hit points that he threw all these ribs out. They became women because that's what happens to ribs, as we all know. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> exactly. Well, and that's and that's. It, he actually had way more than that because it takes two ribs to make a concubine, but only one to make a wife. Mm. So we're talking like thousands of ribs. <laughs> Excuse me, what? Oh my god! I like this when we take a pause from the action to do some light <laughs> ribbing. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So by the way. So Jet, what are we doing here? That was kind of semi-useless. Um, because. I had 30 feet yeah. of movement, right? We're gonna do some math here. If I have to get up from prone, that takes half that takes half my movement. Okay. Uh, so that means I only have 15 feet left. Yeah. But I'm grap. But I, so now I want to get away. Yeah. But I'm grappling somebody, which means I only get half of my movement speed for that. So you can move eight feet. Are you still a giant? Basically, so I can only move eight feet away from them. And uh, one of them was close enough to do opportunity attack, and the other one is not. Because I okay. pushed him away. I shoved him. So what are you doing? So yeah, I'm gonna move. So I'm gonna inch. I'm gonna inch back eight feet and trying to be holding the guy, the other guy I'm grappling in front of me to try to body shield, even though it probably won't work. Okay. So. And yeah, and that's uh, that's all I could do. At this point, a lot of things happen at once. Four more of the Hardalay family guards are able to climb their way up to this stage. And you hear a cry that you hear even through the din of the battle. Ah! And you see Henry Harrington with one of his arms cut off and a spell sword standing above him with a flame in one hand and his sword in the other ready to bring it down. But as you see this, time seems to stand still for just a moment, and a 50-foot-wide beam of nothing rushes down from the sky above you and erases Henry, the Spellsword, and the entire Hautelet family from existence. And then another beam, smaller this time, rushes down and consumes one of the supports for the scaffold that you're all on, causing the remaining wooden planks to crack and fall. I beg your pardon. The two of you that are still on roll to the side, barely avoiding this beam of nothingness, and you are stunned for just a moment as you see 
more beams of nothingness descend from far beyond the sky, coming some slowly, some quickly, down to the earth. I beg your pardon. People are silent for a moment, and then the screaming starts. You see more beams start to descend, most of them slowly. And written across the wide expanse of nothing, you see the words written in bright yellow letters, Demolition of Universe NLL-404 by Zachary Farsker Contractors. Thank you for using ZFC for all of your universe removal needs. Questions, complaints, and commissions, contact ZFC Incorporated on level 154-761. Coming soon, Divine Condominiums. And that is where the episode ends. I beg your pardon? What? Did you just cabin in the woods us? Did you just Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy us? We're ju- this is just the Matrix now. I, I don't know. I, I did something. Benjamin. Okay. Guy, gay game's over. Just universe end button. Beep. Man, I had plans. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, um, so so did we wow. did we get caught up in those things? You didn't get caught up in those things. Oh, we're fine, guys. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, the universe. <laughs> it didn't, didn't, didn't matter. Didn't matter. I didn't write the numbers down. It didn't happen. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys, again for being great players. Thank you to my wife for letting me play Dungeons and Dragons as a hobby, and thank you to you, our listeners. You guys have been pretty great so far. I assume. The following tracks were used with the permission of a free license through Incompetech Film Music and through filmmusic.io. All music was composed by Kevin McLeod. Here are the titles in order of appearance. Attack of the Mole Men Mist on the Moor Village Consort Rhino's Theme The Escalation Clash Defiant and Bicycle Thank you again to Kevin McLeod. You make some pretty great stuff.